Let us pray. Gracious God, may your Holy Spirit descend and move in this place that as your word is read and proclaimed, that we might be transformed by the grace and power of your word. In your name we pray. Amen. Our first reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 21, verses 25 through 28. You can follow along on page 80 in the New Testament of your Pew Bible. Hear now the word of the Lord. There will be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars, and on the earth distress among nations, confused by the roaring of the sea and the waves. People will faint from fear and foreboding of what is coming upon the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to take place, stand up and raise your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And from the Revelation of John, chapter 22, the very last scene in the New Testament, Revelation 22, verses 1 through 5. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb, through the middle of the street of the city. On either side of the river is the tree of life with its twelve kinds of fruit, producing its fruit each month, and the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. Nothing accursed will be found there any more, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship him. They will see his face, his name will be on their foreheads. There will be no more night. They need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Stand up. Raise your heads, for your redemption is drawing near. I have heard this thing, but I am not sure I quite believe it. I have heard that there are people who upon getting a new book, turn to the last chapter and read the last chapter first. And only then do they feel safe in going back and starting the book. Now, I'm somebody who likes surprises. I do not want to know what's going to happen. I want to follow Sherlock Holmes every step of the way through the story until together we uncover the culprit. I don't want to hear the trailers for new movies. When somebody does a movie review on the radio, I turn it off, lest they spoil the story for me by telling too much. But the disciples of Jesus are clearly in the former group. They want to know what is going to happen. 
And so in Luke chapter 21, they get into a deep conversation. You remember how Jesus and the twelve have made it to Jerusalem, to the holy city, the city of David, the home office of the God of Israel. And now they are standing on the steps of the temple with its marvelous stonework, with the smoke of the sacrifices wafting out the door. And the disciples are standing there with their mouths open, ooing and eyeing and pointing at the grandeur of the temple of Solomon that was rebuilt by Herod the Great. So the twelve are gawking. And Jesus says something like this. You see all this grand stonework? I tell you the day is coming when not one stone will be left standing on top of another. It will all be a pile of rubble, which stops the disciples in their tracks. How could such a wonder of human architecture and divine grace be destroyed There follows a discourse in Luke 21 about the end of things, and three different themes are woven together in this chapter. The first one, Jesus announces that there will be trouble and war that will come upon the city of Jerusalem again, which is not a very hard prediction to make, looking at the Jewish patriots who keep goading the Romans with rebellion. Jesus also blends in a prediction that his followers will face trials and tribulation, that they will be brought before judges and questioned. Jesus is only a few days away from his own trial and execution, so he knows trouble is coming for his followers as well. And lastly, Jesus blends in the Jewish idea called the end of all things, when the Son of Man will come riding on a cloud with power and glory, which is a quote from the book of Daniel in the Old Testament. Well, the first prediction came true. Rome did invade in 70 AD and destroyed the city and the temple. The great temple of Solomon was knocked down, burned, and the entire thing pushed off the edge of a cliff there on the Temple Mount, and the stones lie around the bottom even today. The second prediction came true. Jesus' followers were questioned and persecuted in various places for their loyalty to the Messiah. And now Jesus gives us what the movie reviewers call a spoiler alert. He tells us how all of this is going to end. The one who was with God before creation, the one whose birth and incarnation we will celebrate again soon, the one who walked the roads of Galilee, blessed the children, touched the lepers, taught us to love God and to love our neighbor as ourselves the one who was crucified for us and for our salvation. Spoiler alert. We are going to see him again. He was at the beginning. He was in the middle. He will be at the end of this story as well. 
standing in the new Jerusalem, standing next to the river whose streams make glad the city of God, standing near the tree of life whose fruit produces 12 months of the year and never runs out, whose leaves are for the healing of the nations. Death and destruction shall not have the last word over us. Jesus will. We know how the story ends. So we dare to stand up, to raise our heads, to look forward to what God is going to do. Christian faith is not about simply defending the ancient verities. We're not a museum for keeping the sacred treasures safe for a little while longer. The Christian fellowship is always a mission. It's always in motion, always looking forward to what God will do, watching to see where the Son of Man will surprise us. In a world where too many headlines are about terrorist bombs or lone gunmen inning during a school or a church basement, or racist acts of violence. In such a world, we dare to stand up and to sing out about God's faithfulness, about a Savior who will not give up on us, about a kingdom that is coming where all the children will be welcome, red and yellow, black and white, all precious in God's sight. We dare to welcome strangers who will become family, where the nations will receive healing and not hatred. We stand up and we look forward to the finale, to the completion that God intends. I remember a story I read a long time ago, and I believe it was told by Martin Niemöller, It takes place during the last days of World War II. A group of resistors who had refused to serve the Nazi authorities were thrown in jail in Berlin. It was the last days of the war, and each night the Allies were bombing the city, and the jailers would flee every night to the basement and leave the prisoners in their cells. The word came down that one of the resistors was to be executed tomorrow, and the prisoner told a friendly guard that he wanted to have Holy Communion. So that night when the bombs began to fall, the guard opened the cell of a pastor and took him to the cell of the other man. There they knelt and prayed, ending with Vater Unser. Our Father in heaven, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And then they recited the words of Jesus over a piece of bread and a cup. This is my body broken for you. This cup is the cup of salvation in my blood. And I will not drink this cup again until I drink it with you in the kingdom. They shared that last supper, looking forward to the wedding feast of the Lamb, looking forward to the tree of life whose leaves are for the healing of the nations. Stand up, raise your heads, 
for your redemption draws near. So like someone who has looked ahead toward the end of the story, we look forward with confidence to the finale we know is coming. So we share our food with the hungry now because we know God will provide enough for us and enough to share. We work for greater justice and equality in our city, not because we are going to fix Richmond, but because we are practicing We are practicing for the day when God will bring in a city that is full of justice and equality and mercy because we know how this story ends. We study scripture together so that we may encourage each other along the way. We study the old, old story so that we may remember how faithful people have acted in generations before us and so that we may add to that story of faithfulness. Because we know the ending, we build clean water systems in Haiti and Nicaragua for the healing of the nations, for the healing of the children. And we learn the songs of Zion, so that with the prophets of old, we too may sing and testify that Eye has not seen nor ear heard all that God has in store for those who love God. We know how the story ends, and so let us go forward together.